0: check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life. Really, my fashion the most, but of course, home and baby and so much more. So, check the link in the description and happy shopping, Hill Squad. Hey, everyone. We are so inspired doing this podcast every week. Having the opportunity to bring you all the valuable knowledge and advice that each and every guest provides means the world to us. Now, because of how much positive feedback we've been receiving from our listeners, we've decided to build a community through Patreon. Members of Patreon receive exclusive access to a chat forum the ability to interact with our guests, which is so cool, extra videos and podcast episodes that will provide even more advice and knowledge. Join now by going to patreon.com backslash better together with Maria. And let's be better together. Because when you know better, you get better. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. What up, everybody? Happy Monday to you, wherever in this beautiful country you are, because the weather is still nice. So wherever you are, it's got to be nice. Yeah. And- Crisper in some places, warmer in others, <laughs> right? But it's
1: fall. Fall's always good.
0: Okay, so what date is it? <laughs> Today, is ninth. Today is the 9th. Today is the 9th. So, back east as of now, yeah, we're in prime time fall foliage. It is gorgeous back east right now. Apple picking time. You know what I thought of yesterday? So, I think it was two years ago, we took our pups to the pumpkin patch and we took some really cute pictures. And I realized with this new group, we've never gone with William and Winnie and Maximus. And I really want to go to the pumpkin patch and take pictures and stuff. You're going to have to come. Yes, please. I was waiting for my invite. And (laughs) fulfill the role of social media photographer slash voyeur into the cutest moments of all time. Uh, I hope Max doesn't eat people. He has been... Much uh, more restrained on walks. He's not barking at other dogs anymore or wanting to eat them. So that's good. He's learning where he has to kind of protect and, you know, be chill. I
1: haven't seen him with random dogs.
0: He's really friendly with dogs. Like if he is introduced properly or whatever, he's super amazing. He plays with little dogs, big dogs. I mean, look at how he is with Willie. Willie. The two of them are madly in love, and Willie's like yeah. 12 pounds, That's and Max true. is 130.
2: I lo- that is true. I love Willie so much, but I haven't been able to pet him in ages because Max hates me.
0: <laughs> like, Willie is the
2: coolest dog ever, and he's like trying to be Max. So I feel like I feel like Willie's been turned against me.
0: Yeah, Willie is, uh, he is the coolest. Oh my God, he's a blend of all of our dogs from the past. It's so funny. Really? Yeah, Athena, our standard poodle, used to carry this toy in her mouth all the time. And where she would take it on walks with her, she was so obsessed with her toy, like her toy duck, and or her stuffed animal, the duck. And Matt and Willie does the same thing; he runs around the house with his his squirrel in his mouth, <laughs> and he's got a chubby belly like Benjamin, and he'll he'll snuggle with you, and he's super lovey and like funny, like baby. And then he he's got some Apollo in him, where Apollo was just always happy. And so I feel like we got the best of like our, our first crop, our first group of babies in him. He's a, he's a hybrid of all of them, but I'll tell you, I discovered recently he has six toes.
2: No. Yep. That explains it. (laughs) So,
0: you know, I'm the diagnoser in the family. I always know when something's wrong or they need something. So I'm holding William the other day and I feel something and then I look and I, I'd always known his, his, one of his toes on each side, it's barely, it's like dangling. It's like a nail that I don't know where it comes from. Oh, claw, dewclaw. Dewclaw. What's that?
2: Oh, you don't know? It, okay. So a dewclaw, dogs have dewclaws where it's like a little bit up their arm. Like it's as if they had a thumb, except yeah. instead of their thumb, it's yeah. like up here.
0: And it just dangles? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they usually, usually get
2: removed. Yeah. Like hunting dogs will have them removed because usually they'll just get caught while they're running through the forest and ripped off. Um. So, yeah. But wait, so he has he five has a toes plus a dew claw?
0: Yeah. So I don't know what breed that must be in him yeah, to give him a dew claw. So that's actually interesting because we thought he was poodle or Bichon mixed with Jack Russell Terrier because he does the spins. Oh, yeah, you do. Like know, Jack the, Russell's. A
1: little, like, little touche.
0: Yeah. But I discovered this like sixth toe or whatever I thought it was a dew claw and it was curled into the paw pad. And it was like really not good. Wait, where it, is this dew claw? It has a paw pad. Oh, it was,
2: it's curled into its own paw pad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it does so have you, a paw pad because you never trimmed his dew claw. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I—I I mean, he you, gets groomed all the time, but maybe she didn't notice he had a dew claw because she's just going for the five toes, and then she's thinking, "Okay, I'm done." I feel didn't like no to too go late up his to arm. Get it
2: out, though. Well, you wouldn't remove it now, but you just have to know you you can't have the do-claw turn into a don't-claw.
0: Yeah, well, it was turning into a don't-claw. So then I'm performing surgery, Violetta, my housekeeper, sitting there like panicking. Um, Someone else was with us. I can't remember. Oh, um, Sonya Deville from the WWE. And we're like, okay, Sonya, you flashlight. Violetta, you hold him. And I'm in there with the scissors. And they're panicking that I should just wait for the vet and have them do it. I said, I actually trust myself more because I think I'm so careful and I know where the blood... Like you look at the nail and where the bloodline stops is where you can cut. So you give a little bit of pad from it. And so I got it and he was better. But I, I couldn't cut it at first. I had to use a nail file to oh, file it down. You have wow. to be really careful so you don't hurt his paw pad. And so it took like multiple steps. But I saved the day, guys. <laughs> How just did he so take you know. it? He was good. He's such a good boy.
2: He's so. a cute dog. He's definitely like he's like straight up family dog.
0: Yeah. He's incredible. So by the way, we made progress with Kevin um and his his diet and stuff. So last night we were in bed and we were post watching the Sahara
1: Rose episode. Post
0: is- the Sahara Rose episode. He's so inspired by her. Yes. Um he and I were watching a really incredible, like A-list show. Have you heard of Love and Lock Up? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're addicted. Love and Lock Up. I don't get it. I just don't understand. Anyway, thank God there are people for everyone. Anyhow, um, it's really, really, really unbelievable reality television. So he was like, I didn't eat my normal yogurt in bed. And I'm just going to try to go to bed. And I brought him hot water. And I had this like white tea with pomegranate because we had gone to sushi and they gave me this ice cold water. And I know from Sahara Rose on our episode a few weeks ago that drinking ice cold water is not good for your stomach. And I immediately had a bellyache. It hurt so bad. So I was like, okay, I got to heat up my system. So I got the hot tea and I'm drinking it. And by the way, it did instantly help my stomach because... As we learned, your, your body's trying to heat that temperature back up, so it's doing all this work it's time to make your life a little easier and to help you out. I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there this little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Trying to digest all this food, which the other thing that I realized is with my Viome app, it says to avoid white rice. So, Avoid, I really try. Anything that's on the avoid list, I really try to avoid. But we went to sushi. So I got all the sashimi and I had one roll. Guys, couldn't breathe all night again. So I thought the dairy was the only thing that could make you not be able to breathe. So then I looked up white rice allergy and it does, it causes breathing issues. Oh, wow. Never knew that. So. I really implore people who are listening to really study what they're allergic to. I never wanted to go do those allergy tests. I thought it was annoying. It sounded like time consuming. But what I did instead of spending that one day going to an allergist is I suffered for years. And I sucked on that inhaler. I had inhalers all over my house because I was suffering. But I thought it was my asthma, which is supposed to only be allergy induced. It's not like true asthma, like young people who grow up with it and they really have these problems. Um, And maybe they have allergy issues they're not really aware of either. Who knows? But if you're listening and you have trouble breathing at night um, or even throughout the day, but definitely when you lay down at night, really have to check your dairy allergies, your gluten allergies, your, you know, all of that, white rice, whatever it is, because it's real.
1: Wow. I really need to download the biome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, And people have issues with it because they say it takes too long to get the results. And then by the time you get the results, your microbiome has changed. But I've seen a huge difference. So even if it is slightly delayed, it's better than not doing it at all. Yeah, And so I'm totally on board with it. But Kevin didn't eat yogurt in bed like he always does. Like he used to eat bowls of cereal or whatever. Now he had changed it to coconut yogurt with like maybe some blueberries. He didn't eat it. He woke up this morning. He's like, my stomach is flat. I feel good. I meditated. I have energy. And I was like, there you go, boo. And he's like, I really want to meet with Sahar. I really want to take this more seriously. Isn't <gasps> that yeah, cool? Kevin. I know. I was so happy for him. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Side note, did the white tea keep you up? No. It's, is I heard that white tea has almost as much caffeine as green.
0: Well, not going to lie. I was a little wound up after 11 <laughs> lockup, so I took a little calm CBD. Um, and so maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah. I was also really tired. By the way, totally forgot to tell you guys at the top of the show who we have on the show today, and I should have, um, Dr. Christy Funk, um, renowned breast cancer surgeon, to you know celebrities and all kinds of people she is literally the top 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 in her game she is going to be in today for breast cancer awareness month and um i also forgot the quote of the day because we just started chatting
1: we can definitely pop it in you know what's so great
0: about this stuff it's my show exactly i don't have a boss so i can do what i want like cartman Whatever, I do what I want.
2: Do the quote, Maria. Okay.
0: Uh, the quote of the day. The main thing I have to tell women is to get your mammograms and don't delay. And that was from Cynthia Nixon. So uh, if you have reached the age of 40, that mammogram should have already been scheduled. I got a baseline at 35 with Dr. Funk, and I got rechecked after my brain tumor because sometimes people's brain tumors actually originated with the breast. What? And so she had checked me out and I was fine. Thank God. But, um, it's very, very important to get them. And I know all these appointments are annoying and then blah, 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 but you gotta do it. All of it. How I know far do you... mammogram, <laughs> the whole thing.
1: Is it one of those appointments that takes a while to schedule? Do you – or do you just suggest scheduling it out in advance? Yeah. I mean,
0: last time you made your gynecologist appointment, wasn't it like two months out? Yeah, that's true. It's the same thing. They're very in demand and you have to like be on top of it so you don't want to wait. And, you know, it's it's so funny because you have insurance. Most people have insurance and they don't even take advantage of all these – you know, these opportunities to be healthier. So that's what it is. It's an opportunity to be healthier and to not let something go. And the worst thing you can do in a lot of people, I hear it all the time. They're like, I just don't want to know. They're like, I'm kind of scared. I don't want to know.
2: Well, not wanting to know doesn't make it any better when you have something.
0: No, it's only going to make it worse. Yeah. And
1: I feel like doing it would release the stress of you waiting to see what happens.
2: (laughs) yeah exactly. Well, it's also like you gotta you gotta get it done even if you've had one recently. like my this is it's different, but my dad got a diagnosis of uh, prostate cancer, and he had had a test done by his doctor, and he was totally clean, totally fine. and then two months later, his work required him to do something, and they detected the levels like two months later. No
0: way. yeah, and
2: he was like telling his work that he doesn't need to get it done. But they're like, no, do it anyway because of this – because they're working with chemicals. And that's, that's how, how they, they discovered it Yeah. So it's like even if you start a new job and they give you a full medical and you don't have anything but you, then your checkup comes – like. You got it. You should you got to take this seriously.
0: Yeah. Well, I always point. say those invitations are sent for a reason, right? Like I did this story on the Today show about diabetes and I had Dr. Ann Peters, who's, you know, top endocrinologist in the country, come on the show and she did a finger prick test and I was the subject since I was the reporter on the episode. And because she did that test on me, I found out that I had Hashimoto's. I would have never known. So, yeah, I think those are invitations, Stephen, you know, yeah, when you have to, when it comes, it's coming for you. So you just, you just say, yes, well, whatever also, it is, just if you try get it.
2: Freaked out by something like if you're, if you, cause you know, it's weird, a guy talking about this, I guess, but like literally I've had friends that have been doing something and then just through pure happenstance, they feel something and they're like, no, it couldn't be that. And yes, I was like, no, can. You got to go. You no. have to check it out.
0: By the way, after having a brain tumor, not I'm not par- paranoid, but after having a brain tumor, which to me is the craziest thing you could think of, and then it's it actually is right. Like I remember saying to my doctor, "I think I have a brain tumor," and I was like, "No, nah, that couldn't be," and then it was. Now I don't put anything past anything. Yeah. I am like, if I feel something, I'm like, no, it absolutely could be that. I'm praying it's not, but it absolutely could be that. And I have no, no qualms about going to ask because it could be crazy. Like if I have like a pain on my left side of my face or in my, oh, I was having pain in my left ear and I'm like, do you think no. <laughs> this is how the other one no. started? Do you think Turns um, out it was
2: just eight earwigs.
0: Exactly, I just had to clean my ears. It was built-up earwax. I don't know. Uh, anyhow, um, very very excited about uh, Dr. Funk being on the show because we can't get enough information on um, breast cancer awareness and um, and just preventative measures. And and she studied so much for her book that um, everybody should read. It's called Breasts, the Owner's Manual, Every Woman's Guide to Reducing Cancer Risk. And she really was educated herself in her research, which was really cool. So um, we are just so excited to have her. She's worked with Angelina Jolie, Cheryl Crow. She's devoted her life to saving the lives of others and bringing hope to patients by teaching them the benefits of a plant-based diet. So without further ado... Let's chat with Dr. Christy Funk. Hey, everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast, and maybe you've thought, "Hey, I want to make a podcast too."
2: Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free.
0: Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer.
2: Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from
0: your podcast with no minimum listenership.
2: It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place.
0: So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. Dr. Funk, thanks for being back. Thanks for having me, Maria. so excited. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so how appropriate... Not that we didn't plan that, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Nor did I plan this pink outfit.
0: I know. You look <laughs> trippant. <were great>. <laughs> I love it. Um, we have so much to talk about, um, but, you know, a little refresher for people because if they haven't heard you on the show before, Um, Tell them a little bit about yourself and your your clinic and what you do. Okay, so I am a board-certified breast cancer surgeon
3: and co-founder of the Pink Lotus Breast Center in Beverly Hills. I'm also founding ambassador of the Pink Lotus Foundation, which everyone should know about in case you or someone you love is a low-income, uninsured or underinsured woman. We provide 100% free care to breast cancer screening and genetics and biopsies, and so we are available for low-income women.
0: Is that throughout the country?
3: It is. We will fly people to us. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. It, We've got some wonderful stories of women that we've helped who live in fear because it's a ridiculous thing to not have enough money for health insurance and then you feel a lump in your breast and you're like, "Mm, groceries and gas or figure out what this lump is. Most people are going to pick the groceries and gas. Life goes on and they just hope that that thing in their breast is not a cancer. So the foundation is there for them. We also have a whole 100% free community online called Power Up. So Pink Lotus Power Up has everything that you've ever thought of needing. So we've got... All the functionality of Facebook, you go on there, you create a profile, you can make comments, you can post pictures, you can go into a chat room and be like, let's talk neuropathy. Let's talk tamoxifen. It's really for the thrivers out there to come together as a community, a sisterhood, and have like-minded people to talk with. But we also have Breast Buddies where we pair age for age, stage for stage women who will go in with a new diagnosis and say, okay, I'm 42, mastectomy, chemo, and brr, like match.com. All the people who have been there, done that, populate. And then you can be like, oh my gosh, she has a five-year-old. too. I want to talk to her and connect that way. We have something called CrowdSource, which is just like GoFundMe, but cheaper. So if you have a financial need, you can post your needs and then the community will support you financially.
0: Oh my god, I want to cry. That's amazing. It
3: is. And then the other cool fun thing is called BreastList, which is like Craigslist, but you buy, sell, trade, or give away your Gently use bras, scarves, wigs, hats, because so many people they spend a pretty buck on a great wig, Mm -hmm. but then treatment's over and they never want to see that thing again. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to throw it away. Exactly. So there's a lot going on. And then... And where is this all? It's Pink. all pinklotus.com. Got it. You
0: go we'll to the put homepage. that in our summary for you guys if you're driving or you're walking your dog right now um, because you or someone you love will definitely need this at some point because I know I'm emailing Dr. Christie on the regular being like, my best friend's mom just got cancer. Is this doctor good? All right, friends. Let's talk about something we all do, snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused... Snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. That is this, you know, the best course of action. And so, you know, we're... We're definitely surrounded by this, so it's nice to know that there are resources like that because you feel so alone.
3: Not everybody has a BFF. Not everybody has a supportive family, and not everybody wants to be public in their personal life about their journey, so... Power Up provides this safe haven and this community and sisterhood, which science proves people with higher levels of social support and or religious affiliation, something you know outside of themselves that brings love and community, literally live longer, mm-hmm. dramatically longer.
0: And what is that attributed to?
3: I think we can attribute it to a mind-body connection of lower stress levels in your mind, knowing that you don't have to burden this all by yourself. Mm-hmm. You can... Lean on someone else's shoulder, literally and figuratively. Someone can bring you lunch. You can meet for a cup of coffee. Like just suddenly, going through a, the scariest moment of your life alone is unburdened. By and going or with together. people who
0: don't understand, like your family members who've never gone through it don't understand. So they're now having to contend with this new situation, this new role reversal, whatever it is. And there's frustration and guilt and anger and all kinds of things. Like if it's your mom and your mom can't be your mom anymore for some reason, like I know all of this from personal experience, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of emotion. And so it's great to have someone who's been through it to talk to. For
3: sure. And the caregivers are often so burdened by their own. They're going through the journey too. So they have their own battle now because of your cancer Mm -hmm. that their life is disrupted, and you don't mean to do that, of course, to anybody that you love, but sometimes the caregiver just can't be there all the time. The other benefit is it's bidirectional. So the person on the other end, the been there, done that lady who comes alongside a newly diagnosed woman, she gets so much joy from giving back. Mm -hmm. The Livestrong Foundation had a questionnaire, and they sent it out to all the breast cancer people in there Um, database and the number one kind of lemonade from lemons that people desired was to give back in some capacity and to share their story Mm -hmm. specifically and it was actually learning that that birthed the breast buddies program online for me i had done it in my personal practice and called it funk buddies but now it's global in multiple languages you can just and it's all free
0: wow that's incredible How do you do all of this?
3: With a very talented husband.
0: Yeah, he's He's amazing. behind the scenes.
3: He really is responsible for making all of the technology work and and a lot of the brainstorming to make things functional and accessible to people.
0: If someone's listening to this and they want to donate to this, is there a way to donate to this? I'm curious.
3: Absolutely. Right online. At PinkLotus.com? Yes.
0: Because I imagine someone who's gone through this who just understands the plight is going to be so excited by hearing that this is offered to people free of charge um it's really cool i mean it's moving to me and i'm getting all um so i think that's so cool um let's talk a little bit about the statistics for breast cancer in this country right now where are we at
3: So we're still at one in eight women, gets breast cancer. That risk will go up if you carry an inherited genetic mutation, such as BRCA, BRCA. That rate will go up if you have a strong family history, particularly a lot of family members diagnosed at younger ages. Your risk Mm -hmm. goes higher.
0: How do you know if you have the BRCA gene? Is that something you can ask your doctor to get a blood test for?
3: You can. Blood and actually spit is even easier. So we just do saliva testing. And the tests these days are much more than BRCA. We do panels. Thirty genes or more, depending on what the family history shows. And it used to be cost prohibitive to just test because you wanted to know. Now it runs $249 for a full gene panel if your insurance denies it. But if you already are high risk, so who's high risk? This should perk up your ears as a red flag. If you think about your family history, mom and dad's side, you're half your dad's DNA, right? So first, second, third generation relatives. If there's two breast cancers prior to age 50 or ovarian cancer at any age, If you're Ashkenazi Jewish, you just need one of those because everybody carries BRCA in particular at a rate of 1 in 450. Just by being Ashkenazi, it's 1 in 40. Wow. So Ashkenazi plus one breast under 50 or ovarian at any age. If you yourself have had breast cancer prior to age 50, a triple negative subtype or two breast cancers, if there's any male breast cancer, Beyonce Knowles' dad just came out saying he's BRCA2 positive and has breast cancer. So it does happen to men. Wow. And that is a red flag for carrying a gene mutation. And obviously, if there's a known gene mutation in the family, you're at 50-50 risk if a parent carries it, that they handed it down to you. And finally, just a whole lot of cancer going on. So I would say three or more family members on the same side of the tree with ovarian breast, pancreatic, colon, prostate, melanoma, uterine. These are all flags.
0: How does a man find out he has breast cancer? I've never really heard about that, to be honest. Is it the same thing? Do they find a lump? It is
3: the exact same thing. So the most common findings are a new lump or a nipple that's having bloody discharge or the nipple, which had pointed out, starts to invert and point in. So about 2,470 men will get breast cancer every single year in the United States. 460 will die. Wow. They're diagnosed at later stages than women, but stage for stage, they have the same survival rates and they go through the exact same treatment choices as women, all the way down to the tamoxifen anti-estrogen pills. Wow. Yeah. Men, here's a fun fact. We are all in utero as girls. For six weeks. And what? Then, yes. So then testosterone kicks in and it's all downhill from there. The boys differentiate into little boys instead of little girls or, or, you know, fetuses. But by six weeks of development, the breast tissue and the nipples are already there. And that's why men have breasts and they have nipples that stick out.
0: What? Yes. Wait, Stephen, do you think you guys sex. know this? Yeah. Stephen, you have weird information in your brain like this. So you know, you're like, Stephen's Sorry. super smart. So he knows all this stuff. <laughs> I kind of actually expected that from you, Steph. Did you know that everybody's a girl in the in the womb until?
1: Yeah, but I didn't know about the breast tissue. Holy shit! I
0: didn't know this. You have smart staff. Wow! What does that say about me?
1: <laughs>
0: you trained us right. You didn't like biology. You know better. You get hired them. right. That's what it that's says about you. The, that's <laughs> the thing. There you go. You keep smarter people around you. That is the trick. But it is the trick, actually. It's true. Um. So I guess. It you know, for, for me, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is just for women. But I guess now it should be expanded and it really is about men doing self examinations too, not just women.
3: Well, so one in eight women gets breast cancer, 1.3 out of every 100,000 men gets okay, breast cancer. Okay, so, so it's really super it's super rare. It's still pink. It's probably, <laughs> it's, it's much more pink than blue. But it is a cautionary note to men, particularly with a lot of family history of breast cancer, that it's possible. So if they do notice a new lump, they should never dismiss it.
0: Wow. So self-exams, are there any new techniques or anything new that people should be looking for? Or just go through the the basics anyway, but if there's anything new, add that in.
3: Yes. So pinklotus.com forward slash exam, you'll see a video I teach you how to do a really excellent self-breast exam. Got it. And... I go through pointers that people just never heard about. For example, you should start your <coughs> exam by disrobing from the waist up and staring in the mirror at mm-hmm. your breasts, and then you dig your arms, your, like you put your hands on your hips and push in. So you're flexing your chest muscles. Ah. What you want to be looking for is a new thickening dimpling retraction when you do that muscular pull. It may dimple the skin. And you in look,
0: any area? In
3: any area of the breast. So you stare okay. at your breast and you're like, mm, is one bigger than the other? Is there any new redness? and then when you make the move is there any dimpling or retraction nipples if they've been pointing out your whole life they should stay out they should never flatten or invert and then you move on to Wait, the-
0: don't everyone's flatten and stick out at different times.
3: Well, you can your nipples get erect when you're aroused yeah, or, or, cold. or cold, right. But even at rest when it's warm, they're not necessarily flush with the surface of your skin. They usually, they can be outies or flats or innies. You can have all three. Oh. <laughs> Just naturally, kind of like a belly button. Okay. But unlike a belly button, they do change with temperature and with arousal. But yeah, but most... What so I'm, if you're
0: always flat, you should be flatter. If you're always pointy, you should always be pointy.
3: Exactly. Oh. And the dangerous sign is actual inversion. So even with arousal or cold temperatures, your nipple stays tucked in. Okay. That's because the tumor could be back there pulling it in.
0: Whoa. Okay.
3: And then we move on to the physical exam where you can stand up in a shower or lay down on your bed. But another mistake people make, I know, because they come into the office and they're like, I feel a lump and they use the same hand on the side of the breast they're talking about. No doctor would ever do that. You always use the opposite. Opposite. And when you're doing a good self-breast exam, you're using the opposite hand. So I go through all the little details of the technique. The American Cancer Society and others uh, came out and said, you know what? Doing self-breast exam causes too much anxiety. You find a bunch of stuff that's nothing. It races you to the doctor. Unnecessary biopsies, et cetera, et cetera. Don't do them. So the official stance is to not do self-breast exam out there in the medical community. I staunchly disagree. I feel like women, young girls, starting with their periods, so 11, 12, 13 years old, that is the time to start self-breast exam. Not because I think you're going to have breast cancer at 14 years old. That's a reportable phenomenon. But I want you to know, look, you're with your breasts
0: all day and all night. To do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heal Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Night all of your life.
3: You're gonna see your doctor once every three years or less as a kid, and then as you get older, maybe once a year if you're diligent. So You should notice a new lump or a nipple change. And the reason why people get wigged out and they feel like, oh, everything's so lumpy and I get really confused, is simply a lack of familiarity with the terrain. So if you started way back as a teen, once a month, one week after your period, it becomes familiar. You get an unconscious memory to your fingers so that you stop on something. You're like, that was not there last time.
0: Got it. Wait, so you say one week after your period is when you should be doing this? Yes.
3: That's when your breasts are smaller and less tender. So you'll be more likely to do a better exam. And you always want to do lemons to lemons, so to speak. You don't want to be doing different moments in your menstrual cycle because you will get areas that you do change. So you want to be doing the same time of the month.
0: Wow. Okay. That's really cool. Good to know. I would never think that someone that young should be doing that, but you're right. I mean, I was joking earlier. I do it with my dogs. I feel my dogs and I'm always patting them and, you know, I'm the one who finds the lump right. or the sixth toe, as we discussed earlier today. Um, yeah. William has six toes, but really it's called de a D-claw, a D-claw. Duclaw. claw. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the one who kind of finds that stuff. So.
3: <laughs> but you're not looking for it. You're just unconsciously I'm just aware because you them, pet them so much. I'm always
0: yeah. just, you know, yeah, so rubbing your them. Breasts. And, yeah, pet your breasts. So I'm going to start <laughs> pretending my breasts are my dogs. Perfect. Right. Um, diet-wise, I know last time we had you here, you were promoting your amazing book, and you which, had, by the way, just
3: came out in paperback with a new cover. Lemons. Oh, no way. That's so cute. I know. It's, Wait, like pre- it's perfect for us.
1: I know. That's what I was saying. It's oh, so wow.
0: cute. So you learned so much about diet on your own journey, because what is the actual um, diet nutrition part of like becoming a, a medical doctor? Like how much time do they give you in medical school?
3: Maybe 30, 60 seconds. Ah,
0: perfect. Yeah. Mm
3: hmm. Krebs cycle. How do you make ATP? All right, and we're done. Wow.
0: There was nothing. Not a word. So now you've learned so much studying for your patients, trying to educate them on what the best diet is, and it changed your diet too. It
3: did. So I did a deep dive into nutritional science to write the chapters in my book about what to eat and what to avoid in order to maximally reduce the chances of getting breast cancer or of having a recurrence if you've already been diagnosed. And what I found Deep. I mean, it's not like I had to search hard. I just looked at everything out there, and it was so repetitive and so clear. In rigorous scientific journals that are randomized controlled trials against placebo or longevity trials, where they they look at pe- populations over decades and distill down commonalities amongst them and what led to less disease. There are so, there's so much, and it always came down to the same proven facts and that is simply that the cellular response inside your body to consuming animal protein and animal fat skyrockets estrogen levels estrogen feeds and fuels 80 percent of all breast cancers what and it skyrockets growth hormone in particular insulin-like growth factor igf1 so this is the big daddy that runs around your whole body and screams at everything to grow And we're grateful for that because we turn over a shocking 50 billion cells a day. So your stomach cell linings need replacing, your post-exercise muscles need repairing. So IGF-1 is around to do that. It makes children grow up to be adults. But what happens if you have an excess of this thing that screams at your cells to grow? Mm -hmm. Well, grow they will. Grow into atherosclerotic plaque that becomes heart disease and Alzheimer's and strokes. Grows extra cells in the pancreas, causes burnout, you get diabetes grows tumor cells in the breast and the prostate, grows those cells into the liver, into the lungs, so they metastasize. How do you get an excess of IGF-1? Because your brain's smart. It tells your liver how much to make for the day. The only way, the only way is to consume animal protein, and it skyrockets. Plant protein doesn't change it.
0: What about fish?
3: That's an animal protein, and it will elevate it.
0: Wow. Okay, so IGF-1... Mm-hmm. Is that something that you can test your blood for yes. to see your levels? Yes. And what should your levels be at? Don't I know, think, huh? Yeah.
3: Probably, I mean, I think around 30.
0: When you get your blood levels, they would know if it was out of range anyway. Yeah, but was, you could like, ask for it, that test?
3: Yeah. It varies by the lab what range of normal is. So a okay. blanket number doesn't necessarily apply because it's to the lab. But it's also next to never tested by your typical Western doctor. They're not yeah. looking at IGF-1. So this is pretty fascinating. There's a group of people in Ecuador who have a disease called Laron syndrome. They can't use IGF-1. They don't have receptors. So they're all dwarfs
2: because mm-hmm. they don't
3: grow. And no one in the history of the world with Laron syndrome has ever had diabetes. And no one in the history of the world with Laron syndrome has ever had breast cancer or any cancer Ever, except one woman who had an ovarian cancer, like that's it. Wow. So that's how important of an ingredient IGF-1 is into the disease-making process. So
0: question, if that's the estrogen, right, that's making it grow?
3: IGF-1 makes it grow. Estrogen is also another growth promoter for breast.
0: So now let's just think about the fact that all the animals are pumped up with estrogen, aren't they? Don't they? What is the hormone that they use to...
3: Xeranol. So all of your conventionally raised cattle, which is 95% of the cattle in the United States, get this pellet shoved behind their ear called Xeranol, which is literally the world's most powerful estrogen lookalike, synthetic estrogen. It is 100,000 times the potency of the BPA in plastic. So anybody worried about the BPA in their plastic water bottle while they eat a hamburger from In-N-Out or wherever just doesn't have their facts.
0: Wow. Because
3: that Xeranol makes that cow grow fat fast. It only has 18 months to become 1,700 pounds before slaughter time. So this is a huge growth promoter, the Xeranol. Wow. There was a study in New Jersey, little girls, they were um, 10 10 to 12 years old. There were 174 girls. They tested their urine. And every single one of them that had meat the night before had xerenol in their urine.
0: Wow. So that's why they're developing earlier too. Yes.
3: Well, did you? Yeah. So this is interesting. Yes, I think this beef and xeranol connection is a large reason for precocious puberty. We're getting our periods and developing younger. But way, way back in 1981, okay, so we're talking almost 40 years ago, boys and girls, boys and girls in Milan, Italy started sprouting breasts and they tracked it back to the xeranol in meat. And in 1980, Seven, France and, and Italy and all of the EU, um, that called the EEC back then, but now the EU, banned the importation of all beef from America mm-hmm. and Canada, and that ban is in place today because we still use Xeranol freely. Wow. And they figured that out 40 years ago, that it was a danger to human health and caused precocious puberty.
0: And so what are their statistics for cancers like that?
3: That's an excellent... They have actually... So many other bad behaviors, thanks to our influence, that mm. the breast cancer rates are still high.
0: Got it. So, okay. So one last question before you get to the rest of this um, about IGF-1, because I'm so fascinated by it. Um, when you're doing IVF, you're pumping yourself with all kinds of hormones. Estrogen is one of them, right? Yes, you have about 10 times, eggs.
3: Yes, you'd have about 10 times the level that you naturally would when you're going through IVF. Thankfully, there have been over 55 excellent studies looking at all of the fertility meds in their various forms, including IVF. And there's no bump in breast cancer because of the IVF. Now, that hormone injection, though, might spur the development of a cancer that's already in your breast. Yeah. So... It will show up now in the next few years instead of maybe seven years from now. Yeah, so like
0: you... mine, I think that's what grew my tumor so quickly was because it was in that time frame I was doing IVF cycles and it just sh- sh- shot Right, up. right. Which,
3: so it didn't cause it, but yeah, it brought I, it to attention so It was there. Right.
0: And it just grew. Wow. Okay. So IGF-1, that's actually really good to know. I'm going to find somebody that can do a test for my mom and I and see where we're at.
3: Yes. It's a a great test to monitor.
0: And the the best way to reduce it is to not eat animal protein.
3: Right. So if you look at this battle inside your body, the estrogen, the IGF-1, then together start creating, setting the landscape of inflammation and free radical damage and angiogenesis, the creation of new blood vessels, which tumors all require in order to bring their nutrients and then they create their exit strategy, you end up in this state of what's called oxidative stress. So oxidants tear things down and cause damage, and the only way to quell that damage is to provide antioxidants. And the only place we get them on planet Earth is plants. Fruits, vegetables, lentils, beans, peas, nuts, you know, legumes. Huh. So my research was so clear to me that after three straight weeks of reading study after study, showing that you can literally reverse coronary artery disease. Dean Ornish published it in the Lancet in 1990, 30 years ago, we knew that you could not only slow down or stop, but actually reverse end-stage coronary artery disease.
0: People who'd had too many bypasses. <laughs> bonus wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving so on top of all that they keep me feeling satisfied i'm energized while i'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today minus the sweet
3: chili says they're on every med we had there was no more hope they're sent home in wheelchairs on oxygen go to a plant-based diet exercise every day, some other healthy lifestyle behaviors like meditation and social support, ding, ding, ding. And a year later, he did a trial. He randomized it. Half the people stayed on meds. The other half did this intervention of plant-based and exercise, et cetera. A year later, they came back, and he had done angiograms showing, like, barely any blood getting through. Wow. 82% of the intervention group had their arteries either wide open or wider open, where everybody else in the other group, if they came back because they weren't dead, they had worse disease. This was the number one killer of you and everybody you love on planet Earth, and we had the cure 30 years ago. No one Mm -hmm. ever should have died of a heart attack since that day. But that study made a big pink into the ocean. Nothing. Heard nothing. I went to medical school in 1992. You know when I read about that study? two and a half years ago when I wrote my book and I found
0: it. Yeah. Well, isn't that because at the end of the day, that doesn't benefit the pharmaceutical companies and they're the loudest. So they're the ones with the ads on TV for someone to have to find that they have to be digging and they're already in the situation. And then they have to have the discipline because right now we're at a place where discipline levels I feel like are, are lower because it's so much easier to take a pill. Right? So everyone wants a pill. Let me just take the pill so I can keep moving, keep working, keep doing all my things, rather than realizing that there are things like this out there where let food be thy medicine.
3: Absolutely. And it's not only the pharmaceutical industries, because obviously they make bank off of illness, but it's the agriculture industry. Big beef, big dairy, big chicken, big, you know, it's all...
0: Big money, mm-hmm. and and they're the ones who have power to help elect presidents, and so everything just. W- w- wait, aren't they going to deregulate the USDA now too? I read that. <laughs> no, um, I think it was that was one of the things where I was like, okay, really? So Trump is going to. Can you guys look it up really quick? Um, supposedly, Trump is about to sign something that will allow the USDA to just, or the you know, the farmers to do whatever they want.
3: You have to realize that the
0: USDA they already kind of are, but well
3: the USDA is responsible for two things that are in conflict with one another. They are the organization that tells us that magical food plate of what is allegedly super healthy and a perfect diet and what all Americans should strive Mm -hmm. to eat. That same USDA is responsible for keeping big beef and big dairy and all the, you know, farming and agriculture industry happy. So if the what the agriculture industry is creating, xeranol-injected meat, is in direct conflict with
0: our food plate. Guess who wins? The guy with yeah. the money. Yeah. So um, we're all becoming vegetarians. Perfect.
3: Vegetarian or vegan. I can yeah. scare you through your milk and your eggs, too. But um, it's not really about scare. It's about ultimate health. about. Yeah. So the milk, for example, how do you make milk? Think about humans. They make milk when they just had a baby. Yeah. But cows, how interesting. They make milk 24-7 every day of the year. How do you think they do that? They are injected with so much stuff to Produce hormones to make it seem like that they're pregnant. they they're, then they are pregnant. So they always are – they get like a three-month break. They're still stuffed with the hormones during the three months, but they have a calf and then they immediately – three months later get inseminated again. So they're always pregnant and they're always getting the hormone injections, not to mention the antibiotics and the pesticides and the GMO feed. And these are actually GMO cows, right? They're genetically modified. They didn't exist 100 years ago. It's a whole new breed meant to be bigger and fatter and making more milk. And it's – It's not healthy and it's not normal. It's also, interestingly, not normal to consume milk and cheese and butter and yogurt and all of that back as an evolutionary perspective. So milk is so interesting. 80% of the protein in there is casein. When casein hits your stomach, it becomes casomorphine. Just like that sounds, it goes straight to the heroin receptor, the opioid receptors in your brain. And with one-tenth of the signaling capacity of heroin, It makes you say, give me more of that, which is why most Americans are obsessed with cheese and pizza. Yeah. When you ask a vegan, like, what was the hardest part about giving up meat and dairy? Cheese. That is the answer every time. Yeah. So what it is about, like, a baby, when a mom walks in the room, right, and the baby, eyes straight on mom, and the mom thinks, oh, my baby knows me and loves me. You're the drug dealer, mama. Your baby's just looking for the drugs.
0: Wow, but our milk is natural though, because we're not the cows being injected
3: oh the casein the the casein is the same oh, milk got is milk, it. but we you know milk has its properties, it has immune function and it keeps you fat and you it keeps the baby growing growing, but you're not supposed to drink it forever that's why basically every single African American is lactose intolerant, and sixty five percent of all people
0: are yeah milk was
3: not we weren't made if we were made to drink milk, we wouldn't be so intolerant of
0: lactose yeah, I have just recently realized how horribly allergic I am. Can't breathe. Oh, really? Like can't breathe. I had yogurt the other night and literally suffered all night with my inhaler <gasps> attached to my mouth.
3: Well, I'm I'm frankly not surprised. I've yeah. taken many a person off of dairy. They're there for their breasts, but then they'll mention something about like more acne than they've ever had or... Yeah some rheumatoid arthritis issues, et cetera. And I'll say, you know what, do me a favor, just do three weeks off dairy. I don't do the whole, I don't go, I don't go crazy vegan on them all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Steps. Yes. Little baby steps. But I start with the dairy for those women. And sure enough, I'll tell you, it's the real deal. They come back and they're like, doc, I can open up a pickle jar now. Like their arthritis was so bad. They couldn't even.
0: Wow. Okay. So I recently heard I mean, listen, we know everything that's bad, but do we really know exactly why it's bad? No, and that's usually why we continue. So Diet Coke. I recently heard that when it hits your stomach, it turns into formaldehyde. Do you know anything about what Diet Coke does to the body? So, I don't. you can educate people? I'm sorry. I'm going to look it up
3: and I'll come back next time and okay. tell you about diacritic. Yeah,
0: it turns into formaldehyde. So, I quit that a couple of weeks ago. So, that was cool. Interesting. Um, well,
3: that's just the thing, that what you touched upon is there's so much misinformation and confusion out mm-hmm. there. And so, you'll hear me today, and then I'll tell you about why I went totally plant based my three sons, my husband, all in one day. I'd had enough of all of the. I, ARC rulings against processed meat and red meat and why and the nitrates and what it does and then the stats on who consumes the most meat in adolescence and young adulthood has the most breast cancer later. And it all goes on and on and it turned me 100% plant-based, right? So you may be listening now and go like, you know what, that's making sense. Maybe you'll get my book and read some more about it and just be totally on board until, boom, you turn on the radio and someone else is talking about all the benefits of keto, Paleo, little resurrection of those South Beach Atkins days, right? And then suddenly, you maybe last week you were uh, aware of that article that came out saying, you know, red meat, baby, it's back. Like, eat all you want. Don't worry about it. It's just hype. I mean, I can debunk that article if it's on your radar. But basically, that was a meta-analysis of a ton of studies that o- omitted the three big studies that those who are anti-meat always throw in one of them is the lifestyle heart trial that I mentioned in passing about the arteries clogging mm-hmm. up and reopening that lifestyle heart trial was omitted PrediMed, med, which basically put Mediterranean diet on the map as an extremely healthy way to eat. Um, and the DASH trial, which was a stop hypertension trial, they're just missing from the meta-analysis. So we've already got skewed data. But when I looked at every single study, every single study showed a decrease in all-cause mortality, meaning heart attacks and strokes and diabetes and cancers, by between 6 and 14%. So the conclusion of the author, who forgot to disclose his ties to the meat industry, by the mm-hmm. way, um, the conclusion was not that red meat doesn't cause these illnesses. That's not what... They said. What they said was, mm, people, you're so stuck in your ways and you love meat so much. 6%, 14%, probably not enough of a benefit for you to make a change. That's
0: what the true yeah, study is. the headline the headline is all anybody sees because most people aren't going to read the whole thing. Nor are they going to get into the nitty-gritty of the article. Or do the research because how would you find out all of that? That would take a lot of work. And you have to really care. You
3: just got a verification that your bad habits – have good news. Yeah. I'll take it, baby. Yeah. Bring on the bacon. So it's very sad. It there should be it should be outlawed. There should be penalties and fines that stop people from publishing articles that lead to health damaging, life ravaging yeah. lifestyle behaviors. This isn't fair. It's not kind. People shouldn't have to be their own MD. They're busy being whatever occupation and mother and wife or whatever they've chosen to be in life. They're going to be MDs too? That's a lot to ask.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what we are now is it that's what I advocate for people now is we really have to become our own MDs. So, when you think about the fact that you know, even how limited our medical community is in terms of how much money they give you per patient, Right like I heard recently it was like you have $150 for the hour is what you get paid by like the insurance company to see people which is why you have to see so many people to actually, you know, make some money. And then the tests that they allow you to do on people or not allow you to do on people. Um and so I was saying the other day on the show um or when it whenever it was weeks ago about my mom and the fact that I took her to Mexico for um, some immune boosting, um, uh, for immunotherapy. Yeah. Well, I, I just knew that her tumor recurrence when we thought we had one before I had taken her down there to boost her immune system, detoxify her from the chemo at the time. And, and we did this natural killer cell immunotherapy, And she only did better after and continued to be great. And so when she had the recurrence, the message came to me in the morning when I woke up, you need to take her back to Mexico. And, you know, when you think of, you get a diagnosis, whether it's breast cancer, let's say breast cancer, someone comes in, you're going to put them on the standard care protocol for the most part, right? Like chemo, surgery, whatever. But most doctors aren't able to go further with the plan and say, okay, let's check your inflammation markers. Let's check all these other interesting little blood markers so that we can optimize you in all these areas. Let's get your vitamin levels. So if your vitamin D levels are low, we can optimize that and and so you tell me as the doctor, because I'm piecing this together as a civilian trying to figure it out, and I don't want to come off negative to the medical community because we need you guys, like, 100%. Like, if I get breast cancer, I'm running to you, no. right? <laughs> and I will catch you. So Thank you're right. You. But at need... the same time, there's a 360 view that has to be taken that our, our medical community isn't capable of doing at this time, which is why you have to become your own MD.
3: You do. You're right. What we need is complementary medicine, right? It's not alternative. It's not one or the other. Yeah. So if you run to me, we talk through breast cancer comes in 21 flavors. So not all of it needs every missile we can throw at it, right? Not Some people can get away with just surgery, me, keep the breast. You don't even need radiation or any other treatments based on your age and the cancer tumor characteristics, etc. Then you can go to the opposite extreme and we need you on chemotherapy before surgery and then mastectomy and then radiation and then we hit you with antiestrogens and that statistically has been proven to lead to that person's best chances at cure that may be the path she wants to pursue but you're right what's missing is the particularly the aftercare a lot of the interventions you would do um, in an effort to decrease inflammation are going to actually combat the effectiveness of the drugs we throw at you. So it's usually got to be separated. But then afterwards, so many patients come to me. and Actually, it's why I wrote the book. I wrote my book in order to arm women with strategies to help maximally reduce recurrence risk, but also just ever getting a breast cancer mm-hmm. because they would come to me and say, Oh wait, doc doc. Cause I know I have that, what you just described. I've got 15 minutes where I'm supposed to see them, check their breasts, make sure there's no cancer, do an ultrasound, go through the things that I need to, when was your last mammogram? Do we need an MRI? Blah, 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 blah. And I got to write my note and send in my billing. Yeah. And I've got like 15 minutes for that. So I'm leaving now cause I have more people waiting. And you say, Oh wait, 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 doc, what else can I be doing? And it, It would tear me apart inside because it's like, there's so much you could be doing, but I I don't have the time to tell you. I don't get reimbursed to tell you. And at the end of the day, I have to make my ends meet here. Yeah,
0: which, by the way, this is the other thing I was saying to someone. You guys come from medical school with a half a million plus dollars in debt that you're trying to make up because people are like, most of the doctors we see are eating like shit too and are exhausted. I'm like, yeah, because they're having to work so hard just to try to make ends meet. Forget trying to pay off their bills. So they're humans too. They're going to die a Coke and Red Bull it up as well. <laughs> right? Well, that brings up a really
3: good point. So, <laughs> yes. So I'm going to springboard off that in a second, but I do want to say, for me, I had better knowledge. So the doctors we're about to talk about never knew because we didn't get it in med school as we've established, but they never came across it in their own research in lives. So they don't have any pearls of wisdom. I have a book of wisdom, right, in my head, and they're like, Doc, what do I do? So I would be polite and say before there was the book, I would have to say "Uh, three cups of green tea a day drops breast cancer in half.
0: No way. It
3: does. Squeezing lemon in there bumps the EGCG antioxidant component fivefold. If you've had breast cancer, stage one, well, three cups of green tea drops recurrence by 57%, stage two, 31%. So green tea is massive. Holy shit. Yeah, it literally courses through your veins, the epigallocatechin gallate, which is a mouthful, but that's the beauty of plants. There are chemicals inside plants that get into your bloodstream, go coursing through your veins, and saturate every single cell in your body with anti-cancer Anti disease, anti inflammatory, anti estrogen, anti IGF 1 power. Every time you lift your fork to your mouth, you're either fueling with that power or the opposite the pro cancer power. High estrogen level, high IGF 1, high inflammatory, saturating the cells. And if those are cancer cells you're bathing, they're so happy, they're multiplying and dividing. But let's go back to the doc who doesn't, who does have Red Bull and hamburgers and fries and steak and eggs for breakfast. That person doesn't have any advice. So this is exactly the 1940s, 50s, 60s with smoking. Mm -hmm. The medical conferences were a big haze of smoke. Every doctor smoked. So you think the guy with a camel pack, and it'd be a guy, not a woman, a camel pack of cigarettes in his front coat pocket, your doctor, and you say, hey, doc, what do you think about smoking? He's going to say, Probably healthy because, you know, John Wayne is all over the TV and the magazine posters saying you should smoke until, of course, he died of lung cancer. And Babe Ruth was a huge, uh, got paid tons of money to be on all the ads for smoking, died of throat cancer. The Surgeon General issued that black label box warning in 19, I think it was 67, that said smoking, you know, is dangerous to your health. Do you know, this is proven, you can go look at, I'm not making anything up that's not trackable especially thanks to you know Google, um, the very next week, the American Cancer Society came out with an official statement that essentially said, Pha, we don't believe it keeps smoking. And Big Tobacco had just given them a $10 million check. And there's copies of this all
0: over. You can totally find it. I have chills all the way down my body into my toes. What? That it was our reality. And So by, what are they doing now? Can you imagine?
3: Well you could just imagine it with meat though. It's the same story. But we we look to the
0: American Cancer Society for so much.
3: So let me tell you the IARC, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, in July twenty fifteen met in Lyon France as they do every year, to decide what's carcinogenic to humans or maybe carcinogenic or not. And in July twenty fifteen their question was does red meat cause cancer and does prostate processed meat cause cancer, okay? We've got 22 researchers from 10 countries looking at 800 epidemiologic studies. And this is a group that is not bought. Nobody sponsors them. So they come out with the evidence-based truth. And they said in no uncertain terms that all processed meat, so sausages and hot dogs and sliced turkey breast and chicken breast and salami is absolutely carcinogenic to humans. Same as plutonium, asbestos, tobacco, that whole list. And red meat is probably carcinogenic then right now your listeners can go go to the American Cancer Society look at what they say about that very study that very ruling from the IARC and the World Health Organization and what they say is that based on the results of the IARC and the WHO we recommend that Americans limit processed meat what wait what why why were you why was it so hard to just say eliminate like why should you have, Limit something have that's carcinogenic. 10 cigarettes instead of 30. Well, all you have to do then is click on the readily accessible sponsor page, Tyson Meat, and many others, and a ton of pharmaceutical companies. So it's really helpful when the processed meat you're consuming, we know, creates colorectal cancer and is definitely tied to pancreatic and prostate cancers and breast. And that equals a lot of drugs, a lot of surgery, a lot of... Money. Wow.
0: Money, money, money. So back- this is the tough part, right? So I understand, you know, whether it's um an organization or a celebrity, right? When you have a big check in front of you and you're like, well, this is gonna help me go out and save all these other people. But when people are looking to an organization like the American Cancer Society for guidance and that's they're getting, and that's because they're getting money on the back end, oh man, that is scary.
3: Well, it makes it very confusing. So I'm excited in April 2020, I have my cancer-kicking summit coming, and it's at the gorgeous oceanfront Terranea. Have you been there, Terranea?
0: Why do I know that? It's a
3: resort in Palos Verdes right on the ocean. Oh, cool. It is breathtaking, and it's the perfect place for a retreat. However, we're also doing on-demand video, so you can...
0: Be a part of it, but not be
3: there. From your home. We'll we'll do a good panoramic of the ocean so you feel like you're there. But we're doing, among many things, I'm dispelling a lot of the misinformation and confusing, conflicting data that women and men receive just walking through this world. And I distill it down into actionable, take it home, start right now, power, like three cups of green tea, right? Something you can just make a change and make a difference in your body. But it's bigger than that. It's a huge unshackling of mind blocks. I spend a lot of time talking about mindset and why you think the way you think and why you've gotten stuck, whether it's stuck in an eating pattern or a a sedentary pattern or a marriage pattern or a stress. Like, Why are we the way we are? And it begins in your mind. And your experience of life is just one continuous stream of thoughts, right? So let's capture those thoughts and analyze them and change them as needed Mm -hmm. to unshackle your mind and open you up To more possibilities for you. So, we talk about, you know, of course, I'm going to delve into diet and nutrition because I think it's the main driver toward illness or away. Mm
2: -hmm. So, we're going to
3: talk a lot about nutrition and exercise, but I've got lots of plans. So, someone's like, I'd love to exercise, but I get winded going up one flight of stairs. Boom, I've got a plan for you. If you're like, I've done yo yo dieting since the day I was born and I'm always going to be this weight, it's just where I land. Boom, I've got a plan for you. We're going to knock it off and get you to your ideal right size body, and you're going to stay there forever. We have so many um, goals for the, the summit. There's like no woman who can't benefit. It's not about cancer. It's yeah, about I was going to say, your who best is life. this
0: ideal for?
3: It's ideal for every woman who cares about her health, her mental health, her spiritual health, her physical health.
0: Stuff I think we have to go.
3: I am, I'm so down.
0: I want to go it's just to, it, it just to study and watch and bring it back to our audience. I think that'd be so cool. I'd we could do another session there. after with you about everything that we learned. Or one there it. too. Oh, wait, we could do one there. Yeah, You're right. I love this. When is it? April 25th, April 26th. Two days. Got it. Um, and then of course, it's great for someone who is, maybe diagnosed with breast cancer so that they can go learn all of these things and be immersed. I love immersion. I think it's such a great way to learn. And then you get a network of women that you've met there that are going to inspire you and check you and everything. Exactly. That's so cool. Um, So can we talk more about the diet for someone who's newly diagnosed? um, What are the things that they should do immediately? Obviously the three cups of green tea a day. With lemon juice, with, with a little lemon squeeze. Yes, squeezed. a little
3: squeeze of lemon. I want them to choose a plant-based diet whenever possible. It's always possible, but it's it's going to be a transition for the majority of people. Yeah, right? life
0: isn't as fun, right? Like, tell me, how is that fun for you now? How do you guys make that fun as a family? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the problem with our, our situation now is food has become a fun thing, right? Right where it really should be a fuel thing. Like what's going to get my car to the, you know, to San Diego from LA, the best way, like Mm -hmm. let's give it some good gas. Um, and let's do all of the tune-ups and the maintenance and all of this stuff. We treat our cars so much better than we treat ourselves for the most part. Right. Um, but I feel like for humans, our entertainment really is food. And so if I'm going to go into Chili's and all I can eat is the broccoli, I'm going to hang myself, probably. <laughs> oh, no, please do So don't. I, I want to know how have you guys made it fun, and then we'll get to the rest of the diet things. <laughs> I'm so just we- being- real <laughs> right we've made it really fun you
3: can go through a period of what i call using a lot of transition foods like because even burger king figured this out we're headed to our plant base for the mm-hmm. safety of the planet right all of doesn't if i focus on people's health and their my gateway to them is through their breasts but the reality of needing to eat plant-based it goes way beyond our own health the planet will be gone right it is the number animal agriculture is the number one contributor to climate change and planet destruction, let alone talking about animal cruelty and these worldwide national, natural disasters, the floods and the wildfires. This is all tracing back to animal agriculture for wow. the vast, vast majority. And water shortage. Do you know that it literally takes 5,000 gallons of water to make one pound of beef? It's crazy. Think that through.
0: Well, Alicia Silverstone taught me that when she wrote her book um, years ago. So she said, if you can't be vegan or vegetarian, you can be an aspiring vegetarian. And even if you cut meat once a week out of your life, you're going to make a massive difference. So I think that's a really important point to share because you know, even if if you're eating meat a couple times a week, if you at least cut it once out of those few times, you're already going to make a difference. You
3: already saved some 5,000 gallons, right? So meatless Mondays are where it's at. So how do we make it fun? Here's a perfect example. I used to do this huge burrito bar because the kids, you know, I've, I've probably don't know. I have triplet sons, the listeners. Um, they're now 10, but when we first turned, they, they were almost, uh, eight. And, I used to do burrito bars all the time because when they would make their own food, they would eat their own food, right? If I just plopped down the burrito I wanted them to eat, and they'd look at it and be like, don't like it. I'm like, how could you know that? Okay, so. That's a good
0: point, actually. Ooh, you're a genius, Dr. <laughs> Funk.
3: Damn. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Parenting tips. I have a bunch of those. So. Choices where it's at as a parent. You put down the choices and then you make sure the choices you're fine with. Either one. So it's total yeah. win.
0: So you're not putting the cheese down.
3: Well, no. So we used to. So it used to be on that bar would be the things that are already vegan. So that was easy. But now I made sure the tortillas are 100% whole grain, not unbleached wheat flour. That's, that's a no-go. Back on the shelf. So 100% whole grain tortillas. And then you've got salsa and guacamole. And I put some vegetables out, some black beans, some refried beans, right? So that's a great spread. But what used to be there was maybe ground turkey or sliced chicken, like a fajita thing, Mm -hmm. and then cheese, and then sour cream. So those were the meat and dairy components. But there are subs for all of that now. Yeah. All of it. So now we've got soy-based crumbles that taste like the turkey ground turkey business. And then I make my own uh, sour cream. I just throw cashews they have to have been rinsed and soaked overnight right then you take those cashews throw them in a blender with a little bit of salt pepper and lemon juice and apple cider vinegar boom it has it tastes like sour cream wow or you can buy it and it has a bunch of extra ingredients you don't need and then there's vegan cheeses but those are all cheats those three dairy and meat substitutes they contain things that aren't necessarily bad for you they're not going to spike igf-1 but they are not laden with all those awesome phytonutrients that go coursing through your veins and fight cancer on your behalf Right. Because they're processed. Mm-hmm. So they've been stripped of a lot of their antioxidant goodness, but they're not creating the badness. So it's OK. So as I was saying, even if you watch any athletic event, you will see that the there's a commercial for the Impossible Whopper or that Del Taco now has Beyond Meat
0: tacos. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no way. So I might start going by those places. These
3: now. big industries, they see the future. They they know that if it's not for the planet, it's going to be just for people waking up and getting healthier. Yeah. And they want in on the money. So they're already offering the vegan options.
0: Wow. Steven's got a question in the booth. What's, what's happening in there, Steven?
2: Yeah, I was curious because, you know... Meat didn't used to be this process, and meat didn't used to be pumped full of all these hormones it it was a It was a huge change as uh, as demand raised for it, and then as farms became like super farms, are you worried that as more and more of these big corporations get into soy based and get into like uh the impossible burgers and things like that aren't to meet demand of plant based whether they put a ban on uh xylenol I think you said or the right xeranol xeranol if they put a ban on that, do you see? more and more GMO vegetables and more and more like super vegetables that are loaded up with more and more chemicals coming out of the woodwork. Cause that'll be the new norm. 110%.
3: You're absolutely right. That is going to happen. And it's already happening because so these processed foods, they used to be non GMO and now they're becoming GMO.
0: So what are we like going to do?
3: They became, it used to be non GMO. Now it's not.
0: Wait, um, so the beyond meat burgers are not good again. Are now Well,
3: they're loaded with coconut oil and other terrible things for you. Wait, I have isn't to tell coconut
0: you- oil good for you?
3: Oh, no. Do you want to talk oil? I yeah, love I've been adding oil. coconut
0: oil into my smoothies because it says it's a superfood for me and my little thing. Your little thing is trying to kill you. Well, it's telling me what my bi-
3: microbiome likes. Okay, your microbiome, though, exists the way it does based on your existing eating pattern. For example, oh. when you eat an egg... The choline in an egg, your bacteria in your microbiome will turn it into TMAO, trimethylamine oxidase, or N-oxide, which is a carcinogen, a powerful carcinogen. If I ate an egg, I wouldn't make TMAO until next week. So my microbiome would literally change. The bacteria that love the choline in the eggs would awaken (laughs) and then start to make the carcinogens. In Mm. other words, today your microbiome wants coconut oil. Allegedly, based on that study. So let me just tell you, coconut. So we've got omega-3s, omega-6s, omega-9s. These are our, quote-unquote, healthy fats because they're unsaturated. Mono- and polyunsaturated fats are good. Saturated fats are sad. They're bad, right? And trans fats need to be transferred out of your life. And they only come from animals. So... They used to be man-made, but in 2018, they banned them from processed food. So now all the trans fats are from animal products. So back to what we think is a healthy fat, it turns out that omega-6 is, is very inflammatory inside your body, and inflammation we've established is bad. Omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. But whenever you have oil, it doesn't matter what oil, it is 120 calories of pure fat, per tablespoon. So the question becomes, what's the breakdown of that fat in that tablespoon? Because it's all fat, divorced of every awesome other nutrient, no fiber, right? The olive is now just no fiber, no magical phytochemicals, just oil, right? But that oil, for example, is the highest in omega-3s. The extra virgin olive oil and the organic expeller pressed canola have the highest omega three levels of all the oils. Canola, I mean, sorry, sorry, coconut. Your sacred coconut oil is ninety percent saturated fat. What? A beef burger is forty percent saturated fat. A chicken thigh with skin is thirty six percent saturated fat. A chicken breast that's boneless and skinless is nineteen percent saturated fat. Wow. Your coconut oil is ninety.
0: Okay, so it's that's not good gone. for your
3: arteries. Oil in anybody with heart disease, high blood pressure is a no-no. Like you cannot okay. have oil if you already have existing cardiovascular disease. And if you consume oil in high amounts without it, you're going to get it. It's just
0: inflammatory. Wow, Steven, you have another question. Go for it.
2: So, do we just eat sand? Like I just I, like <laughs> really like how cuz you know, if you if you're going to go out of your way to find non-GMO, to find uh, well, I mean everything's GMO now, even the even the organic stuff is to a certain point plants that have been genetically modified over the centuries to be what they are today. So, like, how do you even find the foods today that are healthy? And if you aren't making a six-figure salary, how do you even afford to eat that way?
3: Well, here's the good news. So if you can afford to eat that way, of course, choosing locally grown and organic is always going to be superior because of the, not a lack of, but the minimization of pesticides and herbicides, et cetera. It's never zero. But I'll tell you the one bit of good news, and I'm not saying that GMO is a health benefit, but it turns out that this has been well studied, and not a single scientific study to date, now maybe this will change, but to date has shown that the parts per million of pesticide residue that gets into our bodies from pure GMO food is high enough to cause any cellular damage or cancers. So the only cancer association that has yet to be shown between pesticides and herbicides and, you know, Roundup and all that is lymphoma in the workers who are around it and breathing it all day long. So we could switch to board. a
2: fully plant-based GMO diet.
3: You could. And that would be so much better for you than a meat and dairy diet plus or minus GMO so, organic.
0: So when you say switch over to a plant GMO, I'm going to Ralph's. Are you just saying yeah. that everything at Ralph's, all the food that's grown and sold in Ralph's is GMO?
3: No, they have organic, organic is not GMO. Yeah. It's not.
0: Okay. So you're saying if it doesn't say organic, it's probably GMO by now. Yes. Got it.
3: Well, I'm just- And the problem with GMO isn't that the food is genetically modified. So speaking back to um, Stephen, Steven, when you said we're all going to eat GMO super carrots it's not the ge- it's not the genetic modification of the carrot seed that made it a super carrot that is a problem to your body. Got it. What GMO implies, the the negative connotation that it, what you really mean is it's saturated with pesticides and herbicides and it was made it was modified to resist the pesticides so that that dumping of cancer-causing agents onto the crops killed the bugs. Right, but didn't kill the seed. So being pesticide resistant as a seed doesn't make a bad
0: carrot. I actually wonder if that would actually be better for us because if it's pesticide resistant, imagine couldn't it be cancer resistant? I don't know. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Well, we Wouldn't don't
3: have nice. any asparagus with cancer, so I'm not sure it's fighting off. Yeah. Well, like,
2: honestly, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest disconnect for me. Right? Is because I honestly like I really enjoy this interview with you because it's nice to have super scientific things on this show. Like, I'm the skeptic of here. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is really great for me. And as as somebody who always hears people throw out the word GMO, I'm like, genetically modified. I'm like, everything is genetically modified. Like, humans are genetically modified. We've been bred into a certain where we are today. So, to hear you say that it's the pesticides themselves that people are talking about, not the actual fact of the genes of the vegetables and the genes of these things, I think that's really an interesting difference that people don't really say that kind of turns people like me off from everyone who's like non GMO. Like I just kind of like scoff at that sometimes, Yeah, but it makes a lot more sense now. Right. So crazy. So I do,
3: I want to just rattle off some foods that might just get your taste buds going because it's not, I don't live in any kind of prison food, wise like culinary wise and especially for listeners in LA and New York and major cities with a ton of plant-based restaurants go tantalize your taste buds there now granted restaurants have you coming back and back cuz of the salt oil and sugar all vegan ingredients yeah. but that are you know addictive and delicious But when you're transitioning, still it's better. It's better than everything else you were eating. You're going from a C minus to a B plus, and I'm excited. now. But for breakfast, I will blend up a ton of soy milk and berries with two fistfuls of arugula, put in some turmeric and a little pepper to get my anti-cancer action going on in there, with flax seeds, which is a great source of omega-3, highest concentrated source of omega-3 fatty acids, the healthy ones, on the planet, and lignans, which are anti-estrogens most potent source on the planet. So flax, so there's three things I get in my body every day. Half a cup of raw broccoli. I can tell you why, but half two to three servings of soy. I've already had my tofu today in a scramble. So soy burrito. is good? Oh, yeah, we can get we can debunk that I'm for you. So
0: I cut soy out years ago I did Bad. too. I okay. did too. And it's it's
3: not only good, it's so anti-carcinogenic that you should be consuming two to three servings a day. Okay. And then one to two tablespoons of ground flax seeds a day. So, so those you're are using my three soy muscles. milk as your base. I am organic soy milk,
0: not almond milk,
3: not almond because there's only so many calories I'm going to put in my body every day. Got it. So we have some almond milk occasionally. I'll let, like today. Sebastian's really excited. He's going to make a chocolate cake, and you put almond milk in that one, Got right? Like it. it's just. So I have some, but um, I'll always choose the soy because it has such amazing health benefits over the almond milk, wow. over the hemp milk. I just heard so the- many
0: bad things about soy over the years that anytime a friend is buying coffee and they're like, soy milk, I'm like, no, don't do it. You might die from this one coffee with soy milk. Okay.
3: <laughs> I, I may have been responsible for your thinking because I may have even told you as I saw you over the years. Until I wrote my book, I told every patient worried about breast cancer to avoid soy. The only thing I knew about soy was that it was high in phytoestrogens, plant-based estrogens like genistein. And I'm like, you don't know what that soy milk, that um, estrogen, phytoestrogen is doing in your body. Because again, 80% of all breast cancers are fed and fueled by estrogen. Do you really think that receptor on the cancer cell is so discriminating that it cares whether that estrogen molecule came from a plant or your ovary? Like just spit the miso out of your mouth. You're done today. I literally said that for 18 years as a breast cancer surgeon. Went into the science, again, to write my book, to prove, because every fact in the book is backed by reference, 80 pages of over 1,600 references. So I went in simply to pull the science that proved why you should spit the miso out. I went in to tell you not to eat soy and was highly embarrassed, whoops, 180, because there's two estrogen receptors in your body. Alpha's on the cancer Beta is not. And with 1600% more affinity, that isoflavone, the genistein, is going to hit beta. And what it does there is fascinating. It knocks alpha out. So you actually get rid of the receptor on the cells so the cancer doesn't have its estrogen fuel anymore. Wow. And it goes out into your periphery where you have fat cells. Everywhere there's a fat cell, there's an enzyme called aromatase that's churning testosterone and other adrenal gland hormones into estrogen it knocks aromatase out so you can't do the conversion. So it actually decreases your estrogen level. So if that's all true, then people who consume a lot of soy versus little soy should have less breast cancer. And there were three huge human studies. Human is the key because we were a little different in the mouse studies. So prior to 2009, there were no human studies in soy. And the rats and the mice, like 10% of the time, if they had a breast cancer grafted to them and they were fed a bunch of soy, the tumor would grow. So we were like, oh, there you go. See, soy is bad. But that we're not humans, right? I mean, we are humans actually. We're not mice. mice yeah. yeah <laughs> are not humans. And so the human studies show there were three really big ones that showed a 56 to 58% drop in getting breast cancer for high soy consumption. What? Then until 2009 we weren't sure if it was safe to consume soy as a breast cancer thriver. So they had 5,000 women on tamoxifen with having had breast cancer, high versus low consumption, 60% less recurrence, 29% less death.
0: Wow. And there's three more cancer studies just
3: like that with the same stats. So long story
0: short... Soy is good. Soy is good. So now I have almond milk in my fridge, coconut milk. (laughs) I'm going to add soy milk and that's going to be my new thing. I'm just going to do soy milk and some almond milk here and there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm removing the coconut oil. I do do the flaxseed. But the other thing I learned is that Um, milk cancels out iron. So when you're putting in spinach or anything like that in your smoothie, the, it cancels out the iron. The iron absorption? Yeah.
3: You mean a plant-based milk will cancel out the iron absorption or a dairy milk?
0: Any, any kind of milk I had heard. Maybe I'm, I'm not a hundred percent clear on it. So a soy milk isn't going to cancel out the iron.
3: Not that I know but I have not researched that specifically. Okay. I will put that in my to-do list. Yeah,
0: because that's the next thing. So I started taking out the spinach from my smoothie. I'm like, if it's not going to help me absorb it, then I might as well take it out. Um, But that's the next thing I want to figure out. Okay, so what else diet, why should people do if they're dealing with breast cancer right now?
3: So I mentioned broccoli. Of all of the foods that you can consume... The cruciferous vegetable family, so broccoli and kale, arugula, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, have these very powerful phytochemicals called isothiocyanates that literally seek out and destroy cancer cells and cause them to kill themselves. We have a fancy word called apoptosis, but it's cancer cell suicide. And there is this, this is so fascinating, there's an enzyme in your broccoli called myrosinase that converts the isothiocyanate into the most powerful chemical we've ever uncovered called sulforaphane. But if you cook or roast your broccoli, you destroy the enzyme so you never get to the sulforaphane.
0: So you have to eat it raw. So you eat it
3: raw or lightly steamed. Or if you're like, no, there's no way because my favorite thing on planet Earth is roasted broccoli, which it happens to actually be mine. So now all I do is roast the broccoli and cut up some raw florets and throw it in there and I have my enzyme back. So I'm still converting all of the roasted isothiocyanates into the amazing sulforaphane because I got my enzyme. The other thing that has the enzyme—wait,
0: so is you're mustard. just saying you're blending cooked and raw?
3: I don't blend it. I mean, I, yeah, I blend them. I'm
0: I, not in a blender. You mix them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just
3: add some raw on there. So I'm throwing enzyme basically right onto my roasted broccoli, and I'm good. I get all the benefits without eating the raw. No, you have to eat the raw. Oh,
0: okay. It. It's
3: just a little bit. You just chop it up and put it in there. Okay. I don't mind it. The other thing is mustard powder. So mustard seeds come from this same cruciferous family. And when you grind them, you make the mustard powder and they maintain their myrosinase. So a study showed just a pinch of the mustard powder on your otherwise cooked cruciferous vegetable will get you back to that green cape superhero
0: wearing sulforaphane. Wow. And I feel like a lot of these diet things apply to all cancers. Oh, they absolutely do. So it's not just for breast cancer. This is like diet for everything. Um, and of course, starving it of sugar.
3: Sugar, is yeah, it's cancer fuel. But it's also your own body's fuel, right? Your brain works best on glucose. So you can't starve your body. But what you want to be consuming is sugar in its, the form it was birthed in. So whole fruit, the best source of all will be berries. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to fear whole fruit. Even if you're diabetic, you shouldn't fear whole fruit. It comes inextricably tied to the fiber and all of those other nutrients. And studies have shown they do blood draws. They test the glucose and the insulin. And when you eat whole fruit, you're not getting spikes the way you would from juice. Again, divorced from the fiber. But just eating whole food fruit is not going to fuel a cancer with sugar.
0: Okay. Good to know.
3: But refined sugar will. So what were we really talking about? Cookies, cakes, pies, breads, bagels. Laden with sugar, got it. Stuff we have a com- one of
1: our better together community questions yeah. from Glenet Simo- Simos. Um, kind of what you were just saying, Doctor Funk. She wants to know what role does sugar have, if any, in
3: cancer spreading. You touched on that a little bit. It's fuel um, for cells to divide and grow. It needs its glucose. And if you get a PET scan, you may have heard of someone with cancer having a PET scan, that is a radio-labeled injection of sugar into someone's vein, and then they scan the body looking for where the sugar is pooling because cancer uses it faster and in higher quantity than the background normal cells. But all cells love sugar for fuel, so you can't make your diet 100% devoid of sugar because you will die.
0: Just not the really bad sugars. Just
3: not the refined sugars found in very processed foods.
0: Got it. Um, We also had some other questions. I'm glad, Steph, you reminded me to get to them because um, it's really important. people, someone, uh, Renee asked on social media, how often do people who have prophylactic mastectomy still end up with breast cancer?
3: 3%. So that number gets lower. Mine is 0% as a surgeon. That's my rate. But uh, all studies pooled together... It should be 3% or under. Got it. That's because even in the best of hands, little microscopic bits of breast cells can remain underneath the skin. If you scrape the skin clear of every last cell, you'd be taking the blood supply to the skin, and the skin would fall off. So there are better and worse surgeons and techniques, but across the board, it's highly effective, right? As a prophylactic uh, mastectomy decision for a BRCA1 carrier, they could be taking an 87% lifetime risk of breast cancer down to less than 3
0: Got it. And then... Since breast cancer runs in my family, this is from Bessie. Uh, since breast cancer runs in my family, what do you think about the third mammogram versus the standard mammogram machine?
3: She means the 3D mammogram. 3D, All, yeah. yes. Also called tomosynthesis. Highly superior to the 2D for everyone with dense breasts, which is 50% of women. So
0: basically, if you I'm think... I'm right there.
3: Yeah, right? Yep. In the 50, me too. So if you, take, if you think of your breasts like a loaf of raisin bread... Who doesn't? (laughs) And you squash that between two plates and take a picture and then tell me, a radiologist actually, to find the raisins. It would have been so much easier if you had given me 15 slices of bread. And that's what the 3D does. So from your experience, it's still the same old one-time squash and a photo, but the radiologist is seeing 15 slices of bread and now the raisins are much easier to see. In fact...
0: So you can't miss them as easily because you could miss it on the other one probably.
3: Oh, you definitely do, yeah. and the denser of the breast, so dense tissue looks like a white splotchy snowstorm on mammogram, and cancer is always white. So now you're looking for a snowball in a snowstorm. So having dense breasts, number one, makes a higher it makes it harder to find the cancer when it's there, and it also means you have a higher risk of breast cancer versus someone with totally fatty breasts because it's not the fat in a breast that's getting the cancer; it's the tissue that looks white. Mm. So back to the three D mammos, they're finding seventeen percent more cancers then the 2D, the original digital, and 37% fewer callbacks for false positives, saying like, oh, we think we see something. Oh, it's like it's nothing. And meanwhile, you just like wrote your will till wow. you got the good news, right? It could be two weeks, but three weeks between callbacks and extra views and an ultrasound and oh, it's nothing. Yeah. So having fewer callbacks is a big benefit to 3D.
0: Wow, that's great to know. Um, another question we got which is, uh, I know you've worked with celebrities like Angelina Jolie and Sheryl Crow. Is there extra pressure? On me, extra pressure? Yeah, I would change that question to, how much extra pressure is it? Because <laughs> it's kind of obvious to me that it would be a tremendous amount of pressure because they're high-profile figures. So everyone knows whether it's good or bad. Right. It just goes <laughs> out there. So If they
3: choose to be public about it, as those two celebrities did, which is just such a benefit to society to see that... This d- mutations and cancers can happen to anyone. It doesn't discriminate against or for beautiful people, wealthy people, famous people. It's just people who have cells, yeah. and those cells respond to the same triggers and can have genetic predispositions, just like just like all of us. Um, there's a little more pressure just because of the 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 fact that they're high profile. Uh, I'm always. <laughs> Whenever I see Cheryl in a photo in a tank top, I'm like, can you see my scar?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you want to do good work. Um, And last, because we have to finally end, because you have things to get to as well, and we'll just have to answer the rest of these questions another time. Um, How are you getting better every day in your life?
3: What a great question. And I recently have gotten much better by adding dedicated meditation to every morning.
0: Ooh. Mm -hmm. How have you seen a change in your life?
3: More focused, better stress reduction. I can take a stressful moment and kind of just do a one big deep cleansing breath and I'm transported back to, okay, Christy Funk, what matters, what doesn't matter? Let's, Let's distill this moment down, like. Are we really going to get overworked over being a little bit behind in your daily schedule? Are we really going to get overworked about this traffic keeping you from making, yeah. you know, the appointment you have? So that has really helped me for the rest of the day to stay focused on what matters most mm-hmm. and to realize, you know what, control what you can, girl, and forget about the rest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really important.
3: But I will definitely tell you proudly that I completely walk my talk. So I'm 100% plant-based. I exercise at least five hours a week. I generally am signed up for a half Ironman that I'm always training toward. And I minimize alcohol. And I maintain a healthy weight. And to me, those are the four boulders on the scale of health. And then we can start worrying about pesticides on gmo food but mm-hmm. if those boulders are existing meaning that you are overweight and you don't exercise and you're eating tons of meat and dairy and you're drinking 20 drinks a day then it doesn't matter w- w- how much pesticide you're consuming or if there's aluminum in your deodorant or if you're on hormone replacement like those things don't move the needle yeah if those boulders exist
0: so you're a superwoman I didn't see the cape when you walked in, but now I'm starting to see the the halo um, of a cape because you're also a mom to triplets and running a thriving business and saving lives and, oh, let's do seminars to help women connect. So that's going to be our next uh, interview is how the hell does she do it? Um, thank you so much, Christy. I so appreciate it. I love our chats. You're so knowledgeable, but relatable and you make it so easy um And now I'm excited to remove coconut oil from my smoothie. Oh, you're such a great host. <laughs> Thanks, Maria. Thank you. All right, guys. Another incredible guest. What have we learned?
2: Turned everything you knew about food on its head, right? I know.
1: Just confirmation of the food body connection and how we can be controlling so many of the diseases that we think are out of our control. Mm-hmm. And um and the xeranol the what you, oh my god it's just gross yeah <laughs> it's just gross it's
0: really scary and that's why it's so important to be educated but then to start implementing mm-hmm. like if every time you listen to one of our shows you're implementing one or two things and then it just keeps accruing you're gonna get better and better um, I love the idea of mustard powder. Like on my broccoli, just to add that extra fighting ability or whatever. Um, I love talking to her about complementary care and aftercare. That was so cool to get to talk about it with a friend who's a doctor who gets it and, you know, isn't going to be defensive or anything like that. Um, I love knowing about the IARC and how they're the like completely, you know, fair group to go to to find out stuff rather than, you know, they're not taking sponsors from people um, or money from people. And I don't know. I just, I love her. And for any of our listeners, Dr. Funk is offering 20% off her Cancer Kicking Summit. It's April 25th through the 26th That's at the Terranea Resort in Southern California. Um, and if you go to her website, she is giving away a free flight hotel and ticket. Um, so you can apply for that but in the meantime if you use the code Maria you can get 20% off Um, so I I put that out there to everyone and we're really thankful that she's giving that to our listeners Uh, in the meantime rate comment subscribe let us know if you like the show share it with people share this oh my gosh I can't wait to share this with everyone I know who's dealing with breast cancer um, to learn from someone who has studied so much and knows so much um, but like I said, all of these are applicable lessons for us all. So thank you guys for joining us as always. Um, I'm so excited
2: to do the after show for this too. Yeah, like, Cause we're going to be talking so much about this interview on the after show.
0: We're going to go in depth about it all. And I actually had a little situation that I was just asking her about. I'll share about, share all of that with you because someone else I'm sure has had these stressful pains that, um, you know, I was getting like pain in my breast and it was hurting. And so she explained that to me. So we'll talk about that in the after show. Um, in the meantime, if you don't know already, we started a Patreon for the show and we're really excited to build that community. I've already been in the Discord chatting. Yes. And, um, and we're gonna be sharing extra episodes and exclusive content in there and access to our guests so we're really excited to build that community up so that you would have access to dr funk and when this show is over to be able to ask her questions of your own um, and so we're really excited to offer that out and if you want more information about becoming a member just go to patreon.com backslash better together with maria thank you guys as always in the meantime follow us at maria Menuno's at dr christie funk at Pink Lotus BC, at Steph Sabra, at Stephen Lemie Photo. And remember be nice people, make good choices, and be present.